If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Quick content warning. In this episode, we talk about toxic diet culture. Please be advised that topics may include mentions of weight loss and gain, examples of fat bias, and discussions on disordered and restrictive eating. Please use your own discretion if any of these are difficult or triggering topics for you. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we are going to start tackling a difficult topic. I know I've been talking about talking about difficult topics and we're going to start with, uh, because it's the beginning of the year, people still have new resolutions going out there and people are still believing a lot of bullshit. We are going to talk about toxic diet culture. And within the next few weeks, listening on the show, you are going to be hearing from a lot of different experts in a lot of different fields about toxic diet culture, what it looks like, how to avoid it and how to, you know, be healthy without these limits and these rules. So today we are kicking off the series with my beautiful purple haired friend, Amber Nye. Welcome to the show, Amber. Hey, Roberta. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited. Uh, I remember like a year ago when I was talking about starting this podcast and I was like, will you be on the show? And then like the whole year went crazy Yeah, and we were so busy and I don't even know how many times we checked in. Like we're still down. Like, yeah, we're totally down yeah. whenever we can do it. <laughs> and after what happened last week and we pretty much spent the entire day talking on the back end on instant messenger. Yeah. I was like, let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. So I'm so happy that you're here. We are going to talk about your experience first and then we'll get into toxic diet culture and all of that. So for everybody listening that doesn't follow you and doesn't know who you are, please introduce yourself and let us know what MLM you are a part of and sort of how you got into it. All right. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Amber Nye. I was in Beachbody for five years. I was in from 2013 until 2018. Um, and f- for that five years, it's that company took so much of my self-worth and my self-confidence and just 
it very much damaged my, my mental health and my psyche because of how toxic that company truly is, even though they like to paint themselves as they're changing lives through helping people be the best versions of themselves, when really um, it's the complete opposite. So I got involved with Beachbody was because um, I had just had a baby. So nine years ago, I, I had uh, my middle child and it was, I was probably eight to 10 weeks postpartum with her. And I had went to my, uh, my best friend's birthday party. Of course, we were taking pictures and, and having fun. And the next day I looked at some pictures of myself and I just, I hated the way that I looked. Um, I had gained 60 pounds with that pregnancy. I ended up having preeclampsia and a lot of issues that um, during, which forced me to be induced. And then afterwards it came back. So I had to go back into the hospital. So I had just, that pregnancy was very rough on my body. But of course, I think a lot of new moms, especially are caught up in the, the snapback and wanting to get back to the pre-baby weight as quickly as possible. Oh and, God, yes. um, yeah, so, I mean, and I was, I was still very young, you know, I was 24 years, 23, 24 years old. And, um, I, I just, I wanted to feel good. And I saw those pictures and I just hated myself even more. So, uh, I was up late night for a late night feeding, like three, four in the morning and an infomercial for insanity came on. And I was like, Hmm, you know what? I might as well try that because they were like, you know, you can do it in your living room. And so I ordered the DVDs off of the infomercial, which, and, and I didn't even know about the coaching part, um, until way later, because I had been posting about my journey and using insanity on my Facebook and a friend contacted me and she was like, oh my gosh, you are so inspiring. I'm loving watching your, your journey with insanity. And she was like, did you know that you could make money doing this? Exactly what you're doing right now. Just posting about, you know, the program and, and how you're loving it and the results you're getting and you can make money from home. And I mean, that sounded really ideal to me because we had recently moved 10 hours from home for my husband to start medical school. So we were in a new town. I didn't know anybody, had no help with two young kids and um, not being able to find a job in my field because we were in such a rural area. Um, it, I was like, well, I might as well just give it a try. I mean, cause I was like, why not? Yeah. Um, why not? But, right. Yeah. You're this new mom who hates her postpartum body and mm -hmm. she's sleep deprived at a late night feeding. And all of a sudden the answer shows up on the screen and you're like, let's do this. And as you're doing it and it's working for you, then someone reaches out and they're like, Hey, you know, mm -hmm. you could add this additional thing on top to what you're already doing. And wow. you make money and support your family while right. doing it. All and... the things that you were feeling you were lacking in already. Mm -hmm. Like you're already internally thinking all of this. You're probably not telling your husband because you're like, I don't want to bother him. He's in medical school. He's busy. Yeah. So you're internalizing everything. You've got a new baby. So most likely you're isolated at home. You have really nobody else to oh, talk yeah. to. And then this person reaches out. Who's obviously very deep in the cult. And it's like, I have the answers for you. 
Mm-hmm. And there was that, that community too, because like, I mean, cause I didn't know anybody in our new town. So that online family and community, when I, when I joined and started getting involved in the, in the team and, and, you know, having my success partners and all that, that helped to really keep me in because I had that sense of connection with people that I, I didn't have. And I was lost without basically, and, you know, cause I was isolated and having two toddlers, basically I needed like just another person to talk to another adult to talk to. And I, I got that with Beachbody and then being able to share my, my success and having my team praise me and my friends being like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. What are you doing? I want to do what you're doing. So that helped me to be successful until I wasn't able to be successful anymore. That dopamine, right? That Mm -hmm. dopamine addiction. We talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. We're going to dive into that. Actually, I'm I'm talking to some people about that, but yes, dopamine, 100%. Mm -hmm. It fueled everything that you felt you were missing. And obviously you're in Beachbody for five years. So you're, you did well, at least for a while to stay that long. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some of the the highs in Beachbody before we hit those lows. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the first was, um, let's see, I was in it for probably like my first, like seven to eight months of coaching, like right around then um, the 21 day fix came out and that was autumn's. We'll, we'll talk about autumn in a little bit, her very first program for Beachbody. And I was like, Oh, wow. You know what? Yes. I'm totally going to do this. I need help with my eating habits and the portion control containers are perfect. And, Oh, it's only 21 days because it takes 21 days to form a habit. Right. You can do, and you can do as many rounds of it as one to get your results that you need. And so I did the 21 day fix and I ended up, um, winning $500 for my 21 day fix results in the beach body challenge. And not only did I win the $500, but I also was able to be featured in one of the very first infomercials for 21 day fix. So my team like gobbled that up and cause I was a true success story that they could say, I know this person, she's on my team. See these programs work, the, the Shakeology works, the, the portion control containers work. And you know, you can do exactly what Amber's doing and get these same kind of results. So, right. and Amber, someone I know, yeah, so someone she's I part know of is doing it. Yeah. It's See, definitely I'm not achievable. Lying. Yeah. I'm not lying to you. This isn't just some random picture I pulled from the internet. This is my friend in here. I'm going to tag her in my post so she can verify that for for me. Absolutely. Look, it's totally legitimate. Yeah. (laughs) So I was the poster child for um, being a uh, product of the product is what they liked us to call ourselves and what, um, you know, they liked to call us because, um, doing that was showing that you were doing those um, those five success steps to grow your business. So being a product of the product, I you know I I lost those sixty pounds. I also lost my boobs and my booty. 
I was, I mean, I was so thin and I had my friend's mom message me one day, like after I had posted like, you know, a workout, a post-workout photo, because of course, if I didn't post about my workout, did I really do it? Did it really happen? I didn't right. tell everybody that, I, that it happened. She was like, are you sick? Because you look so thin. And I got really mad at her. I was like, no, I am the healthiest I've ever been in my life. But in the picture, like, I mean, you, my collarbone was like sticking out and I mean, my face was very thin because I was honestly starving myself to get those results, wow. you know, on the, the, because now they use the, the portion control containers for pretty much every, every fitness program that they put out now. Um, but they they have different, um, they have like different plants. It's like A, B, and C plans with different calorie ranges. Well, they they base them um, off of your weight, but really everyone stays in the A because that's the lowest calories, and that is the you know lowest number that you're going to get to to be able to lose the weight the fastest. Um, so everybody's staying in the A in the in the A range there. Um, and that's straight out of the bite model for everybody yeah. that doesn't know it's under B number five, regulate diet, food and drink, hunger and or fasting. And they literally sell rainbow containers that you have to cram your food into. And that's mm-hmm. all you can have. And I will yep. say, just like you, when I was postpartum, hating my postpartum body, wondering what to do. Uh, I didn't join beach body, but I did buy a Pio DVD it was before the on demand. It came with uh, a tape measure in it, which uh-huh. broke my heart. I was like, wow, okay. Um, and I almost got those little containers, but I did yeah. not. I will say when I did Pio, that is the only program that I actually felt the the difference in my strength because all it was was body weight strength training. So yeah. that's like li- literally the only program that I did out of the, you know, twenty something programs that I did in those five years that I, I not only felt the, the results, but I saw them too. But again, um, that was just, and, and that was because of Shaleen. So, which is not even a part of, yeah, she's not even, yeah, she completely left them, which that's a whole other story too. But yeah, so I mean, they, they send the containers, they'll send a, a measuring tape so you can, you know, take your measurements because you not only need to be um, seeing the number on the scale, but, you know, measuring your inches to see how many inches you're losing in this short amount of time. They also had body fat calipers that you could order to measure your body fat. So I had those too. <laughs> was there, was the Beachbody logo on it? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, of course. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Wow. Even, yeah. Even on the tape measure, it was the, the Beachbody logo. You know, like I said, for a while I was successful because I was able to produce those results that people were like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, it seems so easy because with the containers, they preach that, oh, you don't have to worry about counting calories, just getting your containers in, you know, that your, your number of specific containers which when you think about it, you're supposed to have like the, like the A category was like four green containers a day, three of the purple, which was your fruits, four 
proteins, reds, but you know, they're only like two thirds a cup. And then you couldn't have, um, for like the nuts or healthy fats was these little itty bitty tiny containers that you can only have one or two of every day. What so you'd have to chew. Plastic. I mean, the, really the only good thing they were, they're good for is for like my toddler to eat her, her snacks out of. I was <laughs> thinking those are great, like to go cups for ketchup and ranch and my daughter's lunches yeah. and stuff. Yeah. They, honestly, that's like really what they should only be used for. Honestly, here's a hack, a parenting hack for everybody. My daughter loves to take little chicken nuggets to school and you know, the ketchup. I just ask for extra ketchup at the fast food place and then I save it in the fridge. And then those little oh, yeah, we packets save, go we, right we in save the all the, Yeah, we save all the little condiments. So great. <laughs> if no one's doing that, I really hope that you start because it's great. So um, here's a question because I think there's a lot of people, I mean, people obviously know about Beachbody. We've done episodes on it before. They have an infomercial. I see it on TV all the time. Um, they have a lot of different celebrity trainers that are a part of this. But for people that maybe um, are seeing it innocuously on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, what were some of the posts that you were encouraged to post on your social media to get people to engage and like respond to you? Um, They liked to call it breadcrumbing. So you never wanted to let, you know, post that, oh, I'm doing this specific Beachbody program. You know, you wanted to tell a story and just kind of breadcrumb those little bits of information to keep people wanting more. And then at the end, you know, it would, um, you know, cause them to want to message you and ask you specifically. That's why, you know, we always see, oh, I'll DM you or DM me for more info Um, because they didn't want someone seeing that and then just going to Google and going straight to the website and, and buying from there instead of you as a coach, because, you know, the ultimate goal is for you to recruit them into your downline. Right. And if you're in a one-on-one conversation, one, there's no haters that are going to be commenting and being like, this is a pyramid scheme. This is a scam, which Mm -hmm. I see all the time. And two, you are easier to manipulate when it's Mm -hmm. one-on-one, right? When we can oh, just yeah. break it down like friends, we can yeah. just talk about our life. Like, just tell me about your life. Like what's going on? And like, you can manipulate people that way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they would message you and they'd be like, oh, well, what are you doing? And then that's when you'd get into asking them about their why. Well, what, what are some of your personal goals? Like what, what are you looking to do in relation to your health and fitness? And how can I help you do that? And well, you know, if you want to do this specific thing, then there's this program that you can achieve that with, or, or this program that you can be able to do that with. So pro tip, never follow a hun to a second location. (laughs) Just Just say no. Just say no. Just say no. Call your dad to come pick you up. Just so um, I've seen like the rainbow posts, like the rainbow foods. What, Mm -hmm. what is the purpose of that one? Um, I, it's just to show that, um, basically this is all the things that you can eat on this meal plan that are going to fill you up that are healthy, whole foods. Oh my God. I hate the clean eating. You know, this is what you use to fuel your body. These are the good foods, not the bad foods when really no food is bad. Food is food. Right. I, I, I made a TikTok about it. I was like, I can't have a bad relationship with the thing that literally keeps me alive. Mm-hmm. 
but that's what they want you to do because they want you to feel shame around your food choices and your, your fitness choices, because it's easier for them to sell you, you know, what they have because they thrive on toxic diet culture and, and fad diets when they say, oh, this isn't a fad diet. It is a lifestyle change. Uh, It's not, it's a lifestyle change. I mean, you even hear that when you see people on Facebook being like, it's the new year. Here's my resolution. I'm making lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. And again, it's very loaded language, all of it. You don't have to announce to the entire world that you want to eat healthier, just eat healthier. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll love you anyway. You don't need to tell us everything you're doing all the time. Facebook is not a diary. (laughs) I mean, it's true. I follow some people that think it is. And I go, it it definitely was for me when I was in Beachbody, because again, they want you to share every part of your life to be able to connect with people in any way that you can. And I think that's another one of those toxic MLM traits that we don't know our toxic MLM traits and we bring out of MLM with us, mm-hmm. right? Because we haven't yeah. processed through those emotions yet. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot. We don't have to share everything. You don't have no. to share only the good and you don't have to share only the bad. You really can share, you know, just like a, a curated view. Think of it as like a Christmas card. Like, yeah. What would you write in your Christmas letter? Mm-hmm. And if you wouldn't put this on your Christmas letter or your holiday letter or whatever denomination that you practice letter, maybe don't put it on Facebook on or join internet, a yeah. Facebook group <laughs> for that specific thing. Or yeah, join a support, yeah, group, for a support group for it. Absolutely. Yeah. That is yes. what I think that is the best thing for Facebook is the smaller niche groups for support. Mm-hmm. Don't make it your diary. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> okay. So Let's talk about the nasty stuff. I know there was also nasty within the good, but let's talk about the really nasty stuff. Let's talk about like the mind fucking stuff. And this, again, this more toxic diet culture that you're believing as you are now spiraling out of control, it seems, because your friends' mm-hmm. mothers are messaging you and asking you if you're okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I, I mean, I cut off so many people because they were haters or they didn't believe in me and you needed to take that negativity out of your life. Um, and it was just kind of reinforced by my uplines, um, because that toxic positivity mindset is how they get you to stay in and how, um, you know, are you going to succeed in this? If you have toxic and negative people around you telling you these lies that you can't be successful or that you won't reach success when there's nothing stopping you from, you know, passing me, you know, in the line and, you know, being a high earner, you just have to do the work to, to get there. I always think that that point's really strange because that can also happen in regular jobs. Like I could be a manager and somebody underneath me could be more qualified and like in the inside hiring process could also become a manager or a higher position than me in the company. And I still stay manager. So that's a complete and an utter moot point as this is a legitimate business. People can outrank each other. I'm like, it's, (laughs) it's still a pyramid though. Still a pyramid. Oh, yeah, like my upline, which I call her my she wasn't like directly my upline, but 
my upline who sponsored me like wasn't working the business anymore. So she took me under her wing. And since I had been so successful and uh, became a leader within my team and creating team trainings for all the new coaches coming in, um, I think I still have some videos on an old YouTube channel that I have of some, some training things that I made for my team. I just remember her telling us like on a team call, she said, if I don't see you actively working to, to hit success club every month to rank up, if you're not at least Emerald and you're showing me that you're putting in the work, then you do not deserve my mentorship or my time. But I thought it was like my own business and like I could work it in the pockets of my time and like fit Mm -hmm. it in where I can. This sounds like a cult. But they, but you know, in that time you're thinking, oh, well, she's so successful. Then I just need to do what she has been doing to, you know, reach that same level of success when really for her, she just kind of lucked out. And she was one of the ones who got into the coaching side of it early on. So when I had joined, they had had the MLM side of it already for like three or four years. So by that time, there was already, you know, 50,000 some coaches. So like our whole team, really, they were working to try to um, replicate that success, right? They they like to use that, the replicate, um, you know, just, just do what, you know, people who you are, are um, looking up to and model their behavior and you will replicate that same success. Absolutely. We hear that all the time in all the MLMs. Uh-huh. And that's why when people say, oh, you know, my MLM is different. No, no, it's not. They're all the exact same. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think everybody that listens to this has started to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> they may use different words and they may try to say they have different compensation plans, but it's all the same in the end. Yeah. It, it, it's all absolutely the same in the end. So what, at what point were you like, I can't do this anymore and I need to get out? Like what, what were those straws on that back that, that finally made that decision for you? That was when I got pregnant with my now youngest. Um, I was just very like, cause when I was at that point, I was really at like a, you know, a standstill in my business because my warm market was gone. I had gone through my whole warm market and my cold market, I was having no success with because how are you going to just message some, some random person and be like, Hey, you know, join my team. It's not successful. Like they like to say that it is. Um, And so I was just kind of stalled in my growth and I ended up having a high risk pregnancy. So I just kind of took a step back. And, um, you know, just to focus on mine and baby's health. And when I did that, it was like I was invisible to my team. Hardly anybody checked in on me aside from like a couple of my success partners. My upline, it was like I was invisible to her because I wasn't 
bringing in those numbers anymore. You know, despite the fact that, um, you know, I had was considered a leader within my team and a diamond coach and um, did everything that they told me to do to be successful and hitting success, success club and doing all the personal development and going to all the online trainings and the conventions and the Tony Robbins convention that I missed my mom's wedding to go to and pawned my engagement ring to be able to fund to go on that trip because oh I was God. assured that going there was going to be what catapulted my business into the next you know level into the next chapter I'm so um, sorry yeah oh, yeah just absolutely wild yeah so um I mean we were we were broke and we were in debt and my husband was as supportive as he could be until he couldn't be supportive anymore and there were so many times I told him just let me show you you know I'm I can do this. I can do it. And I will show you, I can do it. And I, again, that my team was saying, Oh, you know, if your spouse isn't supporting you in your dream and your business, then, you know, they're just an, another toxic negative person you need to cut out of your life. But there had been a couple other girls on my team who did divorce their spouses because they were not supportive. Oh, and wow. And my husband is my, my person. He's my best friend. My relationship with him was more important to me than Beachbody. And I just couldn't do the live, breathe, sleep, eat Beachbody any longer. I couldn't do the life by design any longer because it wasn't living up to be designed the way I wanted it to it was all a farce. It was all a lie. It was all just them blowing smoke up your ass to just sink as much money as possible into the company. So when I took that step back and I became like invisible to my team, um, that's kind of when I was like, Hmm, okay, I see how it is. And then that's when I started kind of looking into the anti MLM stuff because there was a couple groups on Facebook and then I have had a friend send me the uh, the John Oliver segment that he did on MLMs. Great and I segment. watched it. Oh, such a great. I send it literally to every anybody I can whenever they're like having doubts or like it's they so just like good. need a wake up call. And like I watched it and I was like, holy shit. This is exactly why this isn't working. It's not because of me. It's not because I didn't work hard enough. It is because this system is designed for you to fail from the very beginning. Right. And I was like, I was like, this is a pyramid. It's a pyramid scheme. They're all pyramid schemes. And I was just like, mm, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to be done with it. It took me, you know, like six months to fully cancel my coaching account, um, especially uh, after I had the baby. But then when, when I was done, like, it was just like a huge weight off of my chest, but I still, it still took me a while to actually speak out and tell my story because there was people that were like, oh, um, you're just trying to hop on the anti-MLM, you know, bandwagon because it's trendy, da, 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 or, 
they're like, oh, well, um, I wouldn't fall for cult tactics like that because I'm not a person that would get sucked into a cult. So I was <laughs> just like, <laughs> they're very mean people when I was like, just still like processing going through this and like losing my friends because when I did leave, they all deleted me off Facebook. They blocked me. I only talked to like a couple people within my team who have also left. But when I did leave, I like encouraged my downline coaches, like you need to leave too. like this. I'm so sorry for sucking you into this. Like I couldn't apologize enough. It's like, I'm, I'm so sorry because I was fed this lie too. And I was made to believe these lies that, um, you know, we, we would be able to be successful small business owners from our phones it didn't work out and it won't ever work out. And I really hope you take that into consideration and just leave them behind. Yeah. It, it's really interesting learning that this entire machine is built to fail. And that's where the success of the 1% comes from is the failure of the 99. It's wild to know that. And then to look back on your time and all of the things that either you said or were said to you in that toxic positivity where we're ignoring our inner conscience, where we're yeah. ignoring our cognitive all, dissonance, all where those we're red flags, gut, all yeah. of the red flags, all the red flags, because the red flags, that's the negativity. They don't want you to think yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Don't be negative. Don't ask questions. That's mm-hmm. weird. Why would you ask that? Don't no you what? love us? We love you. No um, so it's, it's really interesting to, to hear you say that. And to know, right? Like we know that that is a fact. That's not an opinion. Like it's a fact that 99% lose. It's a fact. And there, I mean, there were so many red flags that I just completely ignored because again, it was the haters. It was the negativity. It was, you're not manifesting what you want in your life. Attraction marketing. Yeah. The law of attraction. The law of attraction. Yeah. Just put it out there. Now, you see, I will use that in my personal life. I'll be like, oh, you know what? I could really use X, Y, Z. And I I will think about that and Mm -hmm. and work towards that. But I don't believe that just thinking it makes it appear because I'm not a genie. (laughs) I don't just get to wish and have a a dish in my hand full of gold coins. Like that doesn't happen. Um, And so it's wild that they use that as like an actual marketing tool for your business in multi-level marketing and not just like a fun thing in your personal life to be like, you know what? I could really use a vacation. And then all of a sudden this opportunity, your friend's like, Hey, do you want to have a girl's trip? You're like, what? I manifested this. Totally different. Hey, or, oh my gosh, you earned the, the yearly success trip. Oh, you earned it. Earned. No, you still got to pay. And you're, only getting, you're only getting $300 voucher. You got to pay the other $1,700 if you want to go to this trip. Yikes. <laughs> wow. So let's talk about, because this you just brought this up. You left, but it took you six months to wean yourself off. And I think, again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that listen that are in MLMs, are on the fence, are gathering information, are listening to stories and are connecting with these stories because I get mm-hmm. your guys' emails. I know it's happening. <laughs> and so it's, it's beautiful, but let's talk about getting out of MLM and that sort of, we call it the abyss, right? Like you leave, you're like, mm-hmm. I'm out, I'm free. And then it's like, but now what? And it takes, it took me a while. I didn't speak mm-hmm. publicly for probably four or five months. So very close to you. Like yeah. 
mm-hmm. going through this for, for, you know, six months, even after I left LuLaRoe, I was still buying leggings and things like the holiday ones to support my yeah. friends. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, she's on my team and, and she really needs like a sale. And if I could still help her, cause I still had that toxic MLM mindset, mm-hmm. which we're all working through still. But I felt like, oh, I still need to help her. And then I would buy things and I would get it in the mail and I'd be like, I'm not going to wear this because I hate LuLaRoe. Mm -hmm. Why did I do this? I just wanted to help, you know, so-and-so. And And I think a lot of people are stuck in that, right? They're kidnapping. They're like, but I just wanted to try this product. Or I still have, or I still have so much product left over. Like I'm just throwing it away. Then I just wasted all this money. And, you know, it's just that like such a conflict in your head, which does not help with the fully processing your trauma that you're still going through and, and, you know, going on three and a half years later, still processing the trauma of when I left. Yeah. And I feel like as long as we're treating our MLM journeys, like one of those moving sidewalks at the airport, Mm -hmm. you can just sit as long as you're processing out, right? We're, we're processing out of this. We don't mm-hmm. want to stay in this complex. We don't want to stay yeah. in this toxicity. We are processing out. Some of us stay to the right with our suitcase. And we're just like, oh, my feet hurt. I'm just going to go and just watch everybody. And some of us are on the left going, I got a connecting flight to catch. I can't miss yeah. this. I got to go. And they're, they're fast walking on the other side and they're getting through it much faster. It's a spectrum. It's a process. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And I just, I really want to help alleviate some of that guilt and some of that shame that people that are listening right now feel because they're like, I'm commenting, but I'm also burning Scentsy at the same time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Get through the Scentsy and then go into the dupe groups when you're ready and say, I'm looking for a dupe and people will help you. And that's even a really fun process of being like, okay, I drank all of my whatever drink or I got rid of all my shakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the shake or whatever that you're consuming is actually making you sick, then throw it away or reach out to one of your old friends and be like, look, this makes me sick. Mm-hmm. If you're going to use it. I don't want to throw it away because again, environmental waste is another huge issue. And we really don't need to be filling landfills yeah. of MLM product. Um, I hate to say like, give it to somebody else, but again, like we have to look at our environmental impact as well. If you spent good money on it, don't just throw it away. Yeah. I, what, which, what I ended up doing was, um, I didn't send any of like my beach body, like shakes or like the shakeology or anything, but I, you know, had a lot of like makeup from like unique and, and, uh, Sengent, and I took it all to a women's shelter. And to just donate for them to, to use. Um, and that's how I got rid of that. Cause I mean, you know, like said, like said, you know, we're, we're supporting our friends too, who are in other MLMs. So I, I had so much unique stuff and I was just like, you know what? I just want to be done with this too. <laughs> and so I just, I just donated it all. So. Absolutely. I was out of LuLaRoe speaking out against LuLaRoe, but had not figured out that all MLMs were bad. And I was helping my friend who was in Unique and I bought that horrible holiday palette where like basically oh every single God. color was black with like oh, yeah. fallout. <laughs> that was my last Unique purchase. I was like, I will never purchase this again. This was horrible. I never wore it. I was like, what was the point of this other than helping my friend? And to be mm-hmm. perfectly honest, I think my friend probably would have preferred the money other than like me getting her yeah. 15% of whatever I spent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I just want people to know that you don't have to feel guilty for supporting your friends 
You don't have to feel guilty for still using the products that you purchased, but to remember that we're all on that moving sidewalk and we're all working and processing out of MLM. And if you want to be on the left, that's great. I'm on the left. If you want to be on the right, that's okay too. I'm not going to shame you for it. I'm not going to bully you for it. Uh, I might say, Hey, I have a new dupe. If you wanted to try it, I know you've been working through this, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to pressure you because at the end of the day, like I am the only person that I can control and I don't want to control anybody else. I left a very controlling group. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of control anymore. So I yeah. want to give you guys that permission right now to stop feeling guilty about processing through MLM and still sometimes supporting it in that process. Yeah. As long as we're working out, that is the goal. Do you have thoughts on that? <laughs> um, I think you've said that better than I could. So 100% agree. And if people want dupes for things, like I fi- I've found a lot of different products that are just as good, if not better. So <laughs> really great dupe groups. I think I know of at least two that I will throw in the comments for you guys. If you're looking for dupes for your MLM products that you're trying to get rid of. Yeah. Um, here's another thing that we talked about a while ago uh, that I want your, I want your expertise on because I know you're a Peloton woman. I yeah. see your videos. <laughs> I see your posts on Facebook, but I also want to talk about Beachbody's solution to Peloton and their bike oh, mm-hmm. and what your thoughts are on that. So I, I mean, I've gotten so good at this. Like I can just predict now when Beachbody is going to do something. So I, after Beachbody, I, they, I mean, they, they ruined my, my joy of exercising. And so it took me a while to get back into, you know, just being active and doing workouts because again, what I went through was so traumatic with the way that they do things and how they teach people you should be doing fitness. I got into Peloton a year ago and like it completely just changed everything for me. It gave me my, my self-confidence back, my self-worth my just joy of being active, everything that Beachbody took away from me. But in doing that, um, around that same time is when Beachbody announced that they were coming out with their own home spin bike program. I'm still in one of the um, team Beachbody like coach groups that corporate will like post in. Because just to to spy, I like to keep tabs. And there was a team call that they did where Carl, old boss man, he was talking about how they're the innovators of fitness and that they had the idea to do an at-home spin program before Peloton was even a thing. And I have him recorded saying that in one of my YouTube videos that I did on it. But so when they announced this, I was like, I knew it. I knew eventually that they would do this because Peloton is so big and so successful. Again, they copycat and they duplicate and they replicate what everybody else is doing, you know, three, four, five years down the line. So I started doing research into the Mix Fitness Bikes, which is the company that they have partnered with to do this stuff. And the bikes, I mean, there's no comparison. From what I found, the mixed bikes are pretty much the same quality as what you could find on Amazon for $300. 
Um, if you are wanting to get into spin and to make sure that you like it before making a big investment like that, there's a lot of really like cheap options that you can find that, you know, are not MLM affiliated. <laughs> yeah, the bikes themselves, just like reading reviews, um, the reviews weren't very good. From what I've seen in the coaching groups, like with, um, like the coaches aren't happy with the bikes themselves, the shipping issues they've had, um, just the runaround they've kind of gotten from Beachbody and, and the delays that they've got. Some coaches had their bikes like literally dropped off outside their house when they paid for like, you know, the white glove delivery and set up and it was literally like left out on their front step. It's just no comparison. And I'm Peloton is not an MLM and it's just so, so, so different. And I'm just so thankful for it. But like a lot of people say that Peloton is a cult, but it's, it's not, it's just, <laughs> it, it's, I mean, it's just like a fitness community. It's like, you know, going to your local CrossFit gym or, you know, something like that. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet, and they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. But right. in, so, in your house. And here's the thing. If you guys have read Cultish by Amanda Montel, she does talk about these sort of fitness things and how they do have cult-like followings and that some of these boxes like for CrossFit or these gyms uh, or these at-home programs can have a culty community attached, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a cult. And yeah. again, we can go down the bite model and you can look at it and you can compare the two and decide for yourself. But Peloton is not getting angry at you if you skip a class. You're not exactly. not going to get to talk on the webinar or do the thing mm -hmm. or, you know, be publicly shamed in this passive aggressive way <laughs> because you show you didn't show up to a Peloton class. And Peloton's not going to be like, um, Amber, why haven't you recruited three more Peloton users this month? What's exactly. going on? And so in that aspect, it's, it's not the culty MLM uh, that Beachbody is. But as someone who has done both Beachbody and Peloton, can you give us a little bit of the differences that you notice why Beachbody, just as a fitness program, and not, not necessarily being a coach, but as a fitness program, is going to be a little more culty than the Peloton groups? 
with beach well i mean with beach buddy it's all about you know the bottom line which is to sell you the products to get you on shakeology to get you to continue eating according to their fitness plan which is just you know part of the toxic diet culture because it's not sustainable so it just keeps repeating the cycle it keeps you coming back it's not about maintenance it's about it's always about results what results can you get because you always have to be working on your body there's always something you need to change about your body that's what i think damages a lot of us in our mindsets and it keeps us trapped in that toxic diet culture mindset whereas when i switched to peloton it's so positive i never hear any of the trainers talking about diets like what diet they're using they don't push products on you they just tell you to just to show up and do your best whether that is me you know doing a full like 60 minute weights and um you know ride in the bike or if i can just do 10 minutes of meditation that's all i need and i don't have to feel shame around my food choices or restrict my food choices it's for me it's about joyful movement and that's that's it and that's whatever is going to be the best for me for the day that's good enough absolutely i love that whatever is the best for you is good enough mm-hmm. you know i i don't want to control anybody i don't think you want to control anybody i think both of us don't want to be in that environment ever again horrible environment uh i don't ever want to like encourage that environment either and Again, I say all the time, I am the only one that I can control. So Mm -hmm. do what's best for you. Sometimes it's not going to look like what's best for me and that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So um, let's talk, you mentioned her earlier, but let's bring her up. Uh, Autumn. I do not know very much about this woman at all. I have seen your posts and I, I see sometimes other people's posts about her, but let's talk about Autumn. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly, I feel very bad for Autumn and I'm very concerned for her because when she started, she was very like fit, like she had muscle mass. She looked very, and like, I don't like to comment on people's bodies at all, Um, but you can just tell there is a change in her and she's looked the thinnest I've, I've ever seen her in the, um, you know, nine almost 10 years that she's been with Beachbody because um, they're working her to death. I mean, she's literally every program they put out, it's her program aside from like, you know, the new Shanti stuff. But er- I mean, everything has to do with Autumn because she is Carl's cash cow. She's the one that they certify as, you know, the expert on health and fitness and nutrition. And she has a new program coming out next month called Four Weeks for Everybody, where it focuses on um, your gut health, because gut health is very trendy right now and getting Mm -hmm. it, you know, your gut health in check. So this is what this new program is about when really I, I feel like it's just, they like just rebranded one of their older programs. It was the reset, the um, 21 day reset that they had, where it was like, basically you were on a vegan diet and like just not eating real food, just drinking Shakeology and these fiber drinks to reset your gut and all that. So I feel like it's just 
they've completely rebranded that into this new thing. You see her drinking matcha tea a lot. So I feel like Beachbody's going to be coming out with her own matcha tea. Um, yeah, let's call that branded. right now. That's exactly yes. what I thought yeah. too. I was like, Beachbody's going to have a matcha powder coming out pretty yep. soon. Or yep. a matcha flavor of something. Yeah, yeah, I definitely predict that, that they will um, have that, you know, by the summer at least. Especially because now Jennifer Jacobs is part of the Beachbody team, which she was a Peloton instructor. And now she's with Beachbody. Um, and she posts a lot about matcha tea, but because Autumn can't be one-upped, she has to also, you know, make sure that she's still number one. Yeah, I mean, she's, at first, you know, you think she's very inspiring, but then as you continue with her programs, she's very, very toxic. I mean, she'll post like healthy, um, you know, spins on foods. The one time I went in on her was because she bought an egg McMuffin or a sausage muffin from McDonald's to show that a different way you could, you know, make this meal at home, which the ingredients you she used for this, you know, healthy twist, you know, 10 times more than the dollar sausage muffin at McDonald's. Um, and then she threw the sausage muffin in the trash. So, I mean, she's contributing to food waste. She food shames people for their choices. Um, and she doesn't feel bad about it. And now she's trying to spin it as she's an expert on toxic diet culture. Yeah. Cause she's perpetuating it. Yeah. And I mean, I lit her one last video, uh, her reel that she posted where she was like, when you break up with toxic diet culture and, you know, or say goodbye to toxic diet culture. And I was like, I commented, I was like, really autumn, you're quite literally the queen of toxic diet culture because every program you've created is quite literally the epitome of it. <laughs> right. It's like completely predicated on the fact starvation, like mm -hmm. these expensive starvation diets, like Optavia, like mm -hmm. Isogenics, uh, all of them. We've heard about mm -hmm. all of them. And she like, and she posted a before and after promoting for her new, this new um, nutrition program for, you know, gut health. And there's literally nothing wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this woman. She has like, you know, what society deems as perfect body. And still she feels the need to make those comparisons. Like, oh, this was, you know, day one and this is day seven with my new gut health protocol. And I feel less bloated and da, da, da. And I'm sure, sure she probably does. But why do you need to get your gut health in check if everything you're already consuming is the healthiest of the healthy? Right. Right. If you're so like the epitome of health, why do you still have issues with your gut health? If you're literally eating everything perfect and everything that your body should be eating in the perfect portions of everything, why are you still bloated? Why do you exactly. still have this pain? Why is this still happening? And it's because they are, they thrive on the toxic diet culture and what all of us normal, regular, average people have insecurities about with our own bodies. And because again, it's all about the bottom line, which is how much money they can make off of it. I, I mean, it's, it's wild. I, I do know when I was younger and I was more ingrained in toxic diet culture because I'm hearing it from all my friends. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. doing a juice cleanse or I'm fasting or whatever that I always felt, oh my God, should I be doing that too? Mm -hmm. uh, and obsess about my weight. What am I eating? What's going on? It's just wild to the point where 
it was an obsession that wasn't even fun. I mean, I have ADHD. So sometimes obsessions are really fun. I'm like, look at all the yeah. stuff I learned, but that was not fun. It was not fun. It only made me feel bad. It only made me feel everything that I was already feeling, but yeah. now under a microscope, because I was looking at it. I was measuring, I was getting on a scale. I was looking at those numbers. I gained two pounds and I starved myself like that kind of stuff. Once I realized, and this again, took a few years, but I'm, I'm on the other side of it now. Once I realized that it was all in my head, it was all these preconceived notions of me growing up and hearing it as a child, it being actualized in movies and TV shows. I grew up in the nineties. Kate Moss was the epitome of of body. I am Mm -hmm. unbelievably athletic. I am solid muscle. It's (laughs) genetics, baby. It's genetic. (laughs) My dad was like, you know, all-star CIF in California here is like, you know, the top of the the schools, all-star wrestling, baseball, football. I was a cheerleader, a dancer. I played softball. Mm -hmm. I rode horses. I ran track. I did hurdles. Like what? I'm not that body type. And so for me, looking at people who are that body type and then looking at myself and being like, you're the worst and you're so stupid. And can you just not eat that burrito? You can Mm -hmm. look like them. It's not true. My bone structure, my muscle mass is not the same. Mm-hmm. You cannot compare yourself to other people. It's yeah. it's insane. You just can't. Yeah. And that's what I'm really trying to focus on now is that, especially having three daughters, is we are all built differently. We all have different genetics. You're not going to look the same as your friend, even if you do the same sort of activities. Your your bodies aren't going to look the same, and that's okay. That is okay. And you don't have to feel bad about the food we eat because I mean, there's plenty of times where I'll, I will hop off the Peloton and I'll go through McDonald's and get some chicken nuggets or I'll go through Taco Bell drive through you know, like it's just, yes, it's about the balance, but it's also, I don't have to feel bad for if I want to eat, you know, those chicken nuggets and feel like I have to burn that off because it's a bad food because no food is bad. If you eat something to, to fuel your body, to keep your body working, then that's fucking wonderful. (laughs) Absolutely. The bad comes in with disordered eating, which Mm -hmm. is what toxic diet culture creates. Mm -hmm. So we're watching, we're going, oh my God, I'm not skinny enough. You starve yourself. You, you take all the joy out of everything in your life because you know, you love chocolate or whatever. You take it all away and then you, you hit this low point at one o'clock in the morning when you're watching true crime shows and you're like, Mm -hmm. there's chocolate in the pantry. And then you binge and then you feel like crap the next day. And you're just like, see, this is why I don't eat bad. And it's like, you're not eating bad. You have bad habits. Yeah. And And that's what like, and, and those, you know, the, the nutrition programs in Beachbody, you know, they made my, my binge eating worse because again, you are restricting yourself for this amount of time to get these results to show, oh, this is working. And then once you were done, it was just, you know, right back to, oh, I can finally eat, you know, go eat a cheeseburger or go have some tacos or, you know, have a bowl of ice cream. You would gain back the weight that you, that you lost and it would start the process over again because there'd be a new program coming out that you would have to be the product of the product for. So you have to show those results. And I had lost, you know, the 60 pounds from my second baby. And I'd went from a size 16 to a size four, but I, at the size four, my smallest I'd ever been, I still wasn't any happier with myself or how my body looked, even though I was the thinnest tech, you know, technical best shape 
I had been in and because it wasn't, it wasn't my body. It was my brain that I had to work through the issues. And it's wild to me that you're saying like, you know, they're doing all this. And again, it's like when you're so restricted, the binging does happen. It's, it's been proven. (laughs) We talk about this, um, to restrict yourself like Monday through Friday Mm-hmm. Then starve yourself Saturday to take that progress photo and then uh-huh. binge Sunday because it's your cheat day. Yeah. And then start and all, all over I on hate, Monday. And I hate the cheat. I hate the word cheat. Like you don't got to cheat. Like just if you want to eat it, like just it's it's okay. I am all about intuitive eating. I grew up uh, with the clean plate club. My parents mm-hmm. were children of people that yeah. grew up in the depression. Mm-hmm. My dad would cut the fat off the sticks and I'm telling my, my family had money, but my dad grew up with people that were raised in the depression. So my mm-hmm. dad would, when yep. he would make steaks, he would cut the fat rim off the steak, cut it up into little pieces and he would fry it up in the pan as like mm-hmm. an appetizer before dinner. And he'd be like, Hey Bert, that's what my dad called me, Bert. Hey Bert, come get one of these, these little, I forget what he called them, but it was like some little, you know, and I was just like, do people do this? I've literally never seen anybody else in my entire life ever do that. But my dad did that. Yeah. Because he was raised by people who had to do that. And Cause you don't waste food. And don't waste food. You need to clear your plate. Yeah. Yes. Was, and he would you say, can't leave the table till your plate is clear. Absolutely. Yeah. And don't take anything that you're not planning on eating. Mm-hmm. He'd say, take all you want, but eat all you take. And or don't let your eyes be bigger than your stomach. Don't let your eyes be bigger than your stomach was mm-hmm. another one. Oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like triggered all the time. So yeah. I always felt that I had to eat my whole plate. And let me tell you, you know, eight-year-old me was getting pretty much an adult portion that like my mom and dad were, were getting as well. They were mm-hmm. not children portions. They were yeah. it was a whole steak and a whole baked potato and a whole scoop of veggies that were like covered in butter. So, I mean, yes, delicious. I totally want that right now, but <laughs> I didn't need to eat my whole plate. And yeah. so I grew up with that feeling of like, I have to finish my plate. I have to do this. I have to do this. And then I had this negative relationship with food and it's like learning all of that and coming out of Mm -hmm. all of that and learning there's a term for this toxic diet culture, because alternately my mother was always on a diet, whether it was fin fin, whether it was like some slim fast or something from the doctor or whatever, always on a diet. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was too. And cause I remember, you know, she had gained a lot of weight when I was in my teens and stuff. So she was always on, you know, a fad diet. It was the, oh, mom's on a diet again. She did Metabolife, which I did not know that Metabolife was an MLM. She did that. It made her so sick. It sent her to the hospital and she was doing the, the pills. Like she had the pills and I like, I just, those. yeah, it sent her, it sent her to the hospital and I think she sued him for it and she got some money, but yeah, I remember her doing Metabolife and um, um, it was all, all the, the other like, based. Yeah, stuff that's yeah. all illegal now. Yeah, because yeah. FinFin was the same. It was a Fedra yeah. based and it was like shut down by the FDA. And even mm-hmm. when I talk about FinFin, I still have people that are like, oh God, I wish I could still get FinFin. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's a meth in a, in, in a pill. It's legal meth and it makes it's you legal lose meth. so much weight. I'm like, um, it's meth. <laughs> it's absolutely wild. But yes. So toxic diet culture is, is just, ugh, I hate it. Same with you. And I'm so happy that we're talking about it because it's just yeah. nasty. Okay. So 
I, I'm so happy that you came to help me start off this toxic diet culture theme that we're going to be doing. Um, but the other reason I wanted to talk to you uh, is because of what happened last week. We've been talking about fair gaming. We've been talking about the bite model on Life After MLM, the show on YouTube. And then this happened. And I was like, what? So crazy. Amber, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> so originally what happened was our friend and friend of the show, Mallory, reacted to a video of a woman that sells Monet, who was in a hospital bed. Uh, She's here in Southern California. Unfortunately, her and her boyfriend were in um, a fatal motorcycle accident that took his life. She was in a coma for, I think, two weeks or so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then woke up. And everybody was obviously very, very happy that she woke up. I'm uh, very happy that she woke up. Yeah. Unfortunately, one of the first things that happened was she went on her Instagram stories and uh, made a post about how Monate's a really great opportunity and and you should join the opportunity and and was selling. And the here's the the problem is not that this woman was doing that. It's the, the problem is that the MLM encourages that, mm-hmm. uh, and then in the same breath says it's your own business and you have time freedom. But this woman. Whether or not she chose to do it, we've talked about choice with paparazzi conventions, so we know what "quote unquote" choice is in a multi-marketing yeah. company. Whether or not that was her "quote unquote" choice, it shouldn't. It shouldn't have happened. Like it, that shouldn't even be a choice that's on the table. She's mourning the loss of her boyfriend, and she's recovering from a near fatal accident for herself. Just woke up from a coma, and is acting this way because right? they're pressured to think that. Right. And when I, when I saw that, I mean, it broke my heart because it reminded me of when I was in Beachbody and I had learned that I not only had a rare lung disease, but that rare lung disease caused my lung to collapse. So I had to go in to have surgery to repair it because the chest tube that I had did not reinflate it. So they had to surgically go in to remove my damaged piece of my lung and stick it back to my rib cage. How terrifying. Oh, it, I would say um, the pain of being awake while having a, a chest tube inserted into your lung with only some topical anesthetic is the worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. Um, even more so than childbirth. Um, so, I mean, I was in the hospital and I actually, the anniversary of that surgery just happened this last weekend and seeing that and being so close to the anniversary, I was like, oh my God, like I know what she's feeling because I was in my hospital bed posting how thankful I was to Beachbody to be able to have the freedom to work my job wherever I was, no matter what the circumstances <sighs> So I'm posting me in my hospital bed while I am simultaneously talking to people about what challenge pack they want to get started with for the new year. And oh my God, Amber, I'm yeah. sorry to laugh. This is the dark comedy side I know, it's, of MLM. It's absolutely ridiculous when I look back and, and I think about it. I'm like, this, this is not normal. This is not normal. Other nine to five jobs, they would give you one, you would have health insurance. When I was on Medicaid and food stamps, I, you know, they say time freedom, but you know, I felt the same way that this woman did that I needed to be selling to pay these medical bills because I know I knew Medicaid would only cover, you know, a certain part percentage of it. 
but I was so thankful that I wouldn't have to take time off work and miss work or a paycheck for having surgery to but have surgery in a regular job. You would have gotten paid time off paid, yeah, to be paid able to go leave. on paid medical leave to yeah. be able to heal because mm-hmm. there's laws for that. They were yeah. like, of course, take the time you need it. Mm-hmm. I don't see the bad side in that at all. No. And that's the thing, you know, and this poor woman, she lost, you know, her significant other, they would have given, you know, she could have had on top of the paid medical leave, the bereavement leave. And it's just, I mean, it's just so, so twisted. And again, a perfect example of how these are cults, because we're just so, you know, taught to be so thankful for what these opportunities give to us in our lives when really they're harming us. Absolutely. So Mallory green screened the video to let people know, Hey, like this is a problem in MLM. It wasn't shaming the woman. It was shaming the MLM and it was shaming the behavior, not the woman. Let us be so, so clear that we were not shaming that poor woman at all. But what happened was her friends saw it, her family saw it. Uh, again, we were not making an example. We were not being like, go to this woman and tell her how horrible no, she was. Of course, no, never, no, no. never, never. But sometimes people see things, they take it as a personal attack. They don't understand what's going on. That's exactly what happened. And instead of just, I don't even know what they could have done, but what they did was the not the right thing. They started harassing Mallory. They were calling her place of business, emailing. They were, it was really, really horrible. Yeah. Uh, and then you made the video, at, which was about your own experience. Yeah. I just stitched it and attacked yeah. you as well. They found me and they were like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And they were like, you need to, you know, remove so-and-so and her images from this video, or or you need to take it down. And I was like, for one thing, the images I use are of me, because this is about my story. Like the pictures I have are of me, the picture of me standing in the mirror with my, my scar showing and everything that's in my band, my bandage, bandaged up side. That's of me. And I didn't even know her name when I stitched Mallory's video. I didn't know her name until her friends were in my comments naming her. So that's when I updated my post with her GoFundMe because I was like, like she shouldn't have to be selling shampoo while she is in the hospital bed. And the next day after that, when you were like, Hey, you want to come on, you know, the life after MLM show tomorrow. And we'll talk about all this an hour later. My daughter, my oldest, she was home because we were having a big ice storm that day. So they didn't have school. And she comes to me, she's like, mom, what is this? And she shows me this TikTok of this account because they followed her. And she was like, they followed your child? Yeah. Uh-huh. They followed, I assume it was to, to get my attention, but they followed her and a couple of like my other friends. And she was like, this account, it says here to support, you know, doctor, my husband and me in the anti MLM cause. And they named my husband, our full last name, which was clearly an intimidation tactic that they were trying to use to get me to take that video down. And um, they, they were posting the videos of Mallory. And then they were posting a video of me from my stories. Um, again, because 
it was an intimidation tactic, a scare tactic they were trying to use to get their way. And we never really pinpointed who it was specifically um, because the girl's sister had said that it was not her, that she didn't even think that my video was even bad. And she made it clear that it wasn't her. I'm pretty sure it was, it was the friends who were in my comments, like caping super hardcore, even though they were like, we don't like Monat and we don't agree with MLMs, but you just need to let her do what she wants to do. We were just like, look, we don't want her to have to sell shampoo from her hospital bed. The girl was literally in a coma a week and a half ago. Like she shouldn't feel the need to do this or be pressured by her upline to do this. Because again, it is all about what, what will this story and sharing this story, how's it going to benefit me in the long run? Because if she's selling the product from her hospital bed and getting that sympathy, her upline is going to continue to benefit off of her sales. And if she's generating enough, you know, hype from her tragedy, it's only going to benefit the upline more that's, and it's going to benefit her because when I was in a hospital bed, you know, selling Beachbody, I ended up being the, the top coach in my team that month for, with the highest volume for my sales, but I only Guilt made 13, sells. but I only made $1,300 what? from those sales, even though I had like, you know, 10,000, um, personal volume in my sales. And I had hit, you know, like SC 40 something. Um, I only made, you know, I only banked $1,300. How much was your bonus check? Do you remember? Um, I, I technically was only an Emerald and I didn't have that many coaches under me. So that was all just my, my sales from selling okay. challenge packs. Yeah. Dang. So, but like even mm-hmm. that, you said you're the highest sales and you, you did. <laughs> That's not a livable wage. No, $1,300. That's not that even $500 a week. It didn't even pay for the, the anesthesia I needed to go under for my surgery. Well, so what we're going to do here, because we really do want this woman to get better. We really do want her to be able to rest, be able to mourn the loss of her significant other and not have to hustle. Uh, in her hospital bed. I am going to share this woman's GoFundMe in the show notes. If you are so inclined to help her, to let her know that anti-MLM is very supportive and that Mm -hmm. we do care about people and we do want to show them that there's a better way and that you don't have to be in these high demand cults to have a community. And we would rather her directly get the money than a percentage of it. Absolutely. I'm not going to buy shampoo, but I will donate $20. bucks. Yes, I will give you the money. And that's what we were trying to explain to her friends. But because I stood my ground and I said, I'm not going to remove this video. um, They then thought they could um, publicly dox me and posted my home address on this TikTok. And so by then I was like in overdrive and we're talking on messenger. Like, I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And I messaged, uh, you know, Chelsea Suarez. Cause I know she had went through this kind of stuff too. And she was like, you just, she's like, just stay calm. She's like, I don't think you, nobody's going to come to your house. Cause technically these people are in California, but it was just the simple fact they thought 
they could scare me and silence me. And I wasn't going to have that because all I did was speak the truth. So later on that night, the, the one friend, she randomly messaged me and she was like, Oh, Hey girl, I, I see what's happened. I'm so sorry. You're going through this. And like, I, I sent you that screenshot and we were just like, yeah, <laughs> um, what? Like, Hmm. Somebody may be having a guilty conscience here. And so I just kind of talked to her. I was a little, you know, sassy about it, but I, I was nice, but very, you know, I had a very sassy tone to my messages and I was like, oh yeah, let's talk. She's like, yeah, let's. And I was just like, oh, so what have you been up to today? Anything fun? <laughs> and she went on to uh, say, you know, cause apparently she was a lawyer. So I was like, yeah, you know, I've just kind of been having a day, you know, and I just had to make a report with the FBI over all of this because these people wanted to, you know, try and post my home address. And I said, you know, I'm sure as a lawyer, you know how illegal that is to try and dox somebody over state lines. It's a, it's a felony. And then I had mentioned that, you know, my landlord whose home they were trying to to dox worked for the DEA and, and that he had connections here locally to the, the FBI branch here because I live in a, a large urban city. So of course we have a, a FBI field office here. And I mentioned that and I was like, ah, just perks of living in a, a big urban city, I guess. And she didn't respond. And about an hour later, she messaged me back and she was like, I, I just had a FaceTime conversation with a woman in the hospital bed. And she is not happy at all about what has been happening to you or to the teacher lady, meaning Mallory. And she told all of us friends to, to stop and block any comments about it. And she did not wish for this. She did not want this to go this far. And she is very sorry for all of this that happened. And maybe like an hour or two later, the whole account was completely gone. Even, and I mean, we had been having people mass report it all day long anyway, but reports kept coming back from TikTok, you yeah. know, all no my violations. reports came back, no violation. Yeah. So, but eventually they, they took it all down and it's gone. I still have some, some trolls on my videos, which I, 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 it's just, I think the Monat boss babes within the girls team, because the one girl on there said she has a, a community of support behind her and they kept talking about maybe you shouldn't talk about people you don't know on the internet if you don't want people, you know, coming to talk about you. <laughs> it was just the Monat boss. I mean, they are, whew, they're relentless. They are so those Monet, those Monet boss babes, whew, they're ruthless and they will do anything they can to silence people, especially speaking out against uh, Mo Monet, the company, because again, they they think they're small business owners and for, for slinging some shampoo on their phone. Um, but thankfully, I mean, that it was a wild 12 hours there. It was a very wild 12 hours. <laughs> and I remember wild. like you would message me. You're like, is it still there? Cause I had blocked the accounts on, on both. So I would go in and I would unblock it. I'm like, they're still there. 
And they're like, can you see this? And I'm like, they turned off commenting on this account or on mm-hmm. this video. So they would turn off commenting on certain videos. And then someone would comment on another video. Like, why'd you turn off comments? And then they mm-hmm. would respond, well, they turned off comments on theirs. So I turned off comments on mine. And it was this very like back and forth game mm-hmm. uh, that was very strange. It was like a game of cat and mouse. Obviously we had the, you know, federal law behind us. Yeah. And I did tell you, I said, that's uh, across state lines. That's federal. You might want to contact the mm-hmm. FBI. Just let them know what's yeah. happening. We have heard stories of uh, threats here on this show and having to contact the FBI before. And and here we have another one. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe they realized that they got in too far over their heads and it got very ugly and very vicious. Mm-hmm. And they realized that nothing they were doing was, was making any help. It was just making the bigger, the issue bigger, more yeah. people were coming in more pe- And it was just it. I'm so happy that we were able to nip it in the bud and get it taken down on the backside. Um, thank you to everybody that was reporting. Yeah. The accounts the, uh, y'all and were the such accounts. a huge help. Yeah. Uh, it was <laughs> really, really great. We had people on Facebook, people on TikTok, people on Instagram. We were letting everybody know and people were going to the account and reporting it and blocking it. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was the mass reports or if it was really just talking and negotiating with the terrorist one on one. Yeah, it just <laughs> I think kind of realized. you know being a human and absolutely you know, speaking to their empathy because you know they're trying to dox my husband because I technically don't have a job that they could go after like Mallory, um, where they were continuously emailing her place of work, and I just said, you know, I. I don't know why you're trying to bring my husband into this when he has nothing to do with it, especially when he's a healthcare worker. And, you know, if your friend or your sister was in his hospital, he would most likely be one of the doctors in her, in charge of her care. So I was like, I was like, you know, I guess great job trying to, to, you know, bring down our, our healthcare workers who are literally just there to save people's lives every day and over calling out this company over yeah over calling out a a cultic toxic company that you yourself said you don't agree with and you didn't want your friend to be part of in the first place so it It was was, wild it was wild yeah (laughs) and you know it's it's crazy this sort of stuff happens and we try to keep it out of the public eye until we have some sort of like conclusion and then share it as a story and be like, here is a cautionary tale. Yeah. Um, because, you know, all it does is it creates drama and division. And, and we don't want that in this community anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was a wonderful outcome. Uh, I was so proud of the community. We really did come together. And we really helped you and Mallory. And thankfully, Mallory has an incredible place of employment. Yeah, they were totally um, on they were her totally side from the beginning. Yeah. And it was really wonderful. And, um, you know, unfortunate that it had to happen but I'm glad that we had the outcome that we did. And we were able to, again, talk to them as humans. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe we need to do that more because even the accounts that got Carla's account and Danielle's account, I believe both were um, hacked on Instagram. Yeah. Click those Uh links. Yeah. And Auntie MLM. She's She's more brilliant than me. Okay. More brilliant than I am because she, I was so angry because they're my friends. Yeah. She talked to that scammer with empathy and she actually mm-hmm. got him to got... turn back over the accounts and gave the new passwords back. Yeah. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I just talked to him like, oh, I'm like, what? yeah, <laughs> who knew that would work? And, like, and 
knowing that that's why I just kind of went into speaking to, you know, the friends and the sister as a person and not, you know, being angry or throwing insults or anything like that. Cause I knew I would get further just saying, look, I'm a person just like you. I want to do the right thing here. So I hope you will also choose to do the right thing. Yeah. And I think it's a really good lesson. Um, and I, we should all this year choose to be more kind, compassionate and empathetic towards others. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially when we're talking about, you know, distributors and, and reps and, and the Huns who are in these companies, because again, they're the victims, just like we were yeah. the victims. And to help them leave, we need to you know, make sure we're giving them grace and not being so judgmental because we were all there once and we're trying to take down the companies. And the more people we can help get out of them, the closer we're going to get to that goal. Absolutely. And I think that is a really great lesson. So uh, you ready to do some rapid fire questions and wrap this thing up? Let's go. One word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing. Oh, oh gosh. Hmm. I feel mm, thankful just to um, have the knowledge that I know now to help others realize these things that we now realize and for them to get out. What is a warning or a piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is thinking about joining an MLM? I would say always check the income disclosure statements before getting involved. I would just say if you see red flags, do not ignore them. And if you're really in a position where you're hurting for money, there are resources out there to help you. And you don't need an MLM to do that. Absolutely. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? Oh, well, of course, Beachbody, but that is my own personal hatred. The second would probably be Monet, just because of my most recent. Two excellent choices. (laughs) (laughs) What is the hardest lesson that you learned while you were in MLM? I think that the the friends and the sisters I I thought were my friends and sisters um, were only that um, for me while I was in the business and that um, coming out they you know wanted nothing to do with me after I left so you know losing those friendships that I had built up you know over so many years that I felt like you know they were my family and people who I talked to every single day that was like a huge lot. It was like, you know, um, a death almost like, um, and just having to also go through that grieving process as well. I, it just kind of proved that they really aren't your friends or your family. They're just your competition. Yeah. That was a really hard lesson for me. And even now, you know, being blocked by somebody that you care about and who you thought cared about you too is mm-hmm. seriously probably the most painful feeling that I have ever had. Yeah. And it, it really does. It feels like mourning somebody. Mm-hmm. And then the positive takeaway from your time in MLM that you still use. Um, I would say probably, I mean, I think I'm more comfortable on um, 
like posting on social media and not being like self-conscious about it. I mean, reading all that personal development, I guess it did teach me a couple of, of things when you consume that much. But also I'm glad to know that I don't have to um, adhere to these rules anymore that I was so just kind of forced to follow. You know, if I want to turn my phone off at two in the afternoon, I can do it. If I want to watch a TV show at night and not have to log into a, a, a mandatory training at 9 p.m., I can do that too. Um, I it, it helped me realize what was most important in my life and being chained to this ideal of being, you know, my own boss wasn't what I wanted. It's like so much more than, than they make it out to be Mm -hmm. like, it's, and it's so good that you find the positive in knowing how to set boundaries because mm-hmm. you were in a situation where boundaries just didn't exist at all. No, that's, that's a really awesome yeah. take. Yeah. yeah. Boundaries are so amazing. And like, I just, I set them to so many different aspects of my life now, because before they didn't exist and I had to be on 24 seven because that's what it was going to take to grow my business. And now, I mean, on Instagram, and on TikTok, like I can just post whatever I want and talk about whatever I want. And, you know, my people and my followers are there because they enjoy that. And I don't feel like I have to be fake, you know, to try to sell them something, you know, I'm really being the most authentic in my life than I've ever been. So absolutely. So tell everybody where they can find you and follow you. You can follow me on Instagram, on TikTok, on Twitter. Um, all my social media handles are the same at the Amber Nye. I do have a YouTube channel as well, but um, I haven't posted content on there for a while because life has just been crazy the last six months after we moved here. But I'm hopefully going to be getting back to posting there. But for now, like just like the short form stuff is just much easier for me and my ADHD brain to be able to handle on top of, you know, having three kids and all that, the other crazy life stuff. So, yeah. Yes. I love short form infotainment in the anti-MLM community. Instagram and TikTok are great. I love having the show. I love having the podcast, but those things take me hours and hours and hours to produce and get ready and and edit the whole Uh shebang. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I do tend to find myself gravitating toward the short form a little bit more mm-hmm. just because I'm able to get it out faster. And I don't yeah. feel like it's this huge production where I've got to like have guests and my hair and makeup done. I mean, people know on yeah. TikTok. I'm like, this is what I look like. Sorry. Like, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And, that, and that's super... another thing. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, I don't feel like I always have to look my best or always have my hair and makeup done you know, because I'm, because I have to project that I am being the best version of myself. Well, Hey, the best version of myself includes hanging around in my husband's hoodie and my leggings and no makeup. So you see what, this is what you get. This is the real me. (laughs) Absolutely. I love it. I love it. 
Thank you so much, Amber. I'm so glad that we found some time to talk and share all of this. And I know so many people are going to get so much out of this. And I am so excited to dive into toxic diet culture and educate a lot more people. Yes, I'm so happy we finally got to do this. And that, you know, I always say that whatever way someone can get their story out there for more ears to hear it is the best way. So, you know, if this encourages just one person to like realize how like toxic their MLM they are part of is, and they finally start that process to leave, then, you know, I've done my job. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. <laughs>